podcast one production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 9th of December. And history is unfolding in the UK, with the world watching closely as the COVID vaccine is rolled out on a mass scale. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson calling the Pfizer-Biotech jab a major step forward, but he has warned against complacency, saying they're not out of the woods yet. It's amazing to see the vaccine coming out. It's amazing to see this tremendous shot in the arm for the entire nation, but we can't afford to relax now. While it's being called V-Day, about 800,000 doses are expected to be given at 70 hospitals over the next few days. Those receiving the vaccine will have a second jab in 21 days' time. Margaret Kaneen made history being the first to receive the vaccine, the 90-year-old admitting she was quite shocked to be top of the list. I thought it was a joke, to tell you the truth, to start with. I couldn't believe it, you know, but I'm I'm happy it's happened. And now I've done it, and um, hopefully it'll help other people come along and um, do as I did, you know, try and do the best to get rid of this terrible thing. Meantime, the same vaccine is set to be fast-tracked in the US after the Food and Drug Administration confirmed its safety. It found the vaccine, which is given in two doses, was also shown to be effective after the first jab. Back home, and it's been revealed there was another serious breach of hotel quarantine in New South Wales in July, with an international traveller skipping quarantine in Sydney and then flying to Melbourne. The Age reports authorities did not make the bungle public or issue a health alert, and other passengers on that affected domestic flight were not contacted as it wasn't policy at the time. The man who had arrived from San Francisco was forced into quarantine at a Melbourne hotel and later tested negative to COVID-19. The latest revelation follows a breach in Sydney over the weekend when a New South Wales police officer made a mistake and allowed a German mother and son to skip hotel quarantine in Sydney and then fly to Melbourne. To other news now, and the TWU has lodged a federal court case against Qantas over the company's decision to outsource 2,000 jobs. Lawyers are filing the test case, claiming the decision is unlawful. Qantas argues the move is necessary to reduce costs as it battles the financial fallout from the pandemic. And a big day in Canberra with two key pieces of legislation set to be introduced to Parliament today. New workplace laws are on the agenda with proposals to simplify awards and new arrangements for casual workers. While new media rules forcing Google and Facebook to pay news organisations for access to their content will also be introduced. Cybersecurity and technology expert Dr David Glantz says Facebook and Google aren't necessarily concerned about the changes here, but it could set a precedent. The market itself is not that significant to them. It's the fact that other countries potentially could follow suit um, and that would be potentially disastrous for them. And medical authorities are advising Australians to cut back on their alcohol consumption. The national guidelines around drinking have been updated, recommending we consume no more than 10 standard drinks a week and no more than four on one day. Acting Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly says Australians are drinking too much. One in four Australians are drinking alcohol at risky levels. 
one in two women who are pregnant still, despite all of the warnings and the guidelines over many years, consume alcohol during their pregnancy. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. And investigations are underway after an Australian Air Force fighter jet crashed at a Queensland base, forcing the pilots to eject from the plane. Our Queensland reporter, Eleanor Harrison-Dengate, has the details. At 2.30 yesterday afternoon, two pilots had to parachute out of an FA-18 Super Hornet before it came down at the Amberley RAAF base, 20 k's west of Brisbane. Images from the scene showing damage has been done to the front of the aircraft with the cockpit blown out. Witnesses say the crash happened soon after takeoff, possibly due to engine failure. Defence is keeping mum on the situation, but have said everyone involved is safe. To Victoria now, and the state government has revealed the staggering amount of fines it's issued over COVID breaches during lockdown. Our reporter, James Lake, is in Melbourne with this report. Yes, Tash, the Victorian government has vowed to hold the state's teenagers accountable for more than $3 million in fines racked up during the pandemic for breaching tough COVID restrictions. The Attorney-General has told Parliament an estimated 2,000 teenagers were handed penalties by police. In one instance, a 14-year-old who didn't speak English was stung $1,600 for being more than five kilometres from home, while a 17-year-old with an intellectual disability was also fined for shopping for groceries outside her five kilometre radius. A coalition of Victorian youth advocates is calling for the fines to be waived. To WA now and there have been tears of joy at Perth Airport as family and friends were reunited with the state's border reopening with New South Wales and Victoria. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings has the story. Tash, there weren't many dry eyes yesterday as family and friends were reunited. Many saw loved ones for the first time in nine months. Some came over to say goodbye to loved ones and others arrived to stay for Christmas. I haven't been back to Perth since March, so I haven't seen her, I haven't seen my family, I haven't seen all my friends. It's been, yeah, it's been tough. We're so excited as a family, especially coming up to Christmas. It's so great that everyone can sort of reunite with their families across these borders and, yeah, happy times. Just over a thousand people touched down on Five flights from Sydney and Melbourne. Premier Mark McGowan had this reminder for travellers. If you're coming from any state uh, to Western Australia, you need to download the G2G Pass. Uh, you need to provide us with that information so that we can track you. And Tash, as we've heard many times before, Mr McGowan told us again that the hard border would be reinstated if there's a COVID outbreak. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. And Effie, good morning. There's been some interesting developments with banks and high-risk mortgages. Yes, good morning, Tash. Yesterday, the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, APRA, revealed details around its revised capital frameworks for banks. Now, this is all at, aimed at you know making them unquestionably strong, strong levers of capital, and also improving the transparency of ADI capital strength. Now, Under this new plan, banks will need to hold more capital for mortgages with loan-to-value ratios above 80% than they do with loans where they're below the 80%. Now, APRA said the new framework would see reported capital ratios rise 
but overall the level of capital that they've got to hold not actually increase. Now, while higher risk mortgages, that's going to be costly for banks to hold. That, that's a, a no-brainer there. But there was some good news on the sense that small businesses, what they're proposing there is lower risk rate for any SMS loans that aren't secured by residential property. So what does this all mean? Well, as APRA pointed out, these reduced risk ratings could provide some additional incentives to lend to small businesses. And that's really the, you know, the foundation of our economy. Now, they expected that this framework could be introducing January 2023. And off the back of this news, the bank stocks were a little mixed. Westpac shares were down by 0.64%, while both ANZ and NAB were up, and the Commonwealth up, uh, was up by a strong 1.33%. And gosh, this is good news yet again, Effie. Business confidence has hit a 31-month high. Yeah, and this is the news we want to hear. So NAB's monthly business survey was released yesterday and it showed exactly that. Both confidence and conditions rose last month and that's essentially a lot to do with the restrictions as they eased and uh, state borders reopened. Now, the business confidence index rose from 3.2 points to a 31-month high of 12.4 points in November. Give you an idea, the long-term average is around five points. Now, it's the fourth straight month of rising business confidence. It rose in all industries with the exception of construction and recreation. And retail continues to be the standout sector here. But it's important to note that uh, what they said is that even with this significant improvement in trading conditions and profitability, businesses will likely take a while to, to actually see this translate into more employment. They've got to see their forward orders and see how things are going there. So the job market is still a bit soft, um, even though the economy is in recovery mode. NAB expects another solid reading for growth in uh, Q4, but economic activity to remain below pre-COVID levels for some time. And uh, only by the end of next year will the economy have reached its pre-COVID level of GDP. So overall, good news. And Effie, some interesting data out. I guess a bit of a contradiction showing that we might be saving more in our home loans, but we're borrowing with less. Yeah, look, this is interesting. So APRA's quarterly, quarterly ADI data came out and it said exactly that. Something to, some of the observations, the key observations here is that there was almost a 50% increase in the value of loans funded with LVRs of 95% or more. So they're, they're high-risk loans in the September 2020 quarter compared with the previous year. And then what we also saw in the data is a 9.2% increase in the value of money in offset accounts. So that's where people are saving um, with the previous quarter. Or put another way, it's almost uh, just over a 17% increase compared to the same quarter of the previous year. Now, what does all this mean? Well, look, there's no denying that the property market is chugging along very nicely, maybe too nicely, um, in the sense prices are increasing. We saw that with the Australian Bureau of Statistics data that also came out yesterday. Uh, domains reported that they're expecting to see a bumper year early next year. So while this, what, what we're seeing no slowdown in the property market, and it was interesting to note what happened in New Zealand uh, in the Fin Review this morning. What they're saying there is APRA may take a leaf. At, well, I'm saying this, sorry, APRA may take a leaf out of the New Zealand central bank as they've reported in the papers that they want to actually reinstate tighter mortgage lending restrictions from March next year due to the concerns of increasing high leverage borrowing. So everything I've just said today does point that we are borrowing probably with lesser deposit 
will the RBA, will will APRA here also maybe take a leaf out of New Zealand's book and do the same thing? You know, time will tell, and it wasn't too long ago when APRA itself induced a 10% limit on our growth to loans and property investors back in 2014. When you've got low interest rates and no intention of interest rates going up, the only other control or lever we have to cool down the market would be a regulatory control. So um, it's something to, to keep an eye out. Very interesting to watch. Effie, thanks as always. Thank you. Time to check sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, good morning. The Aussies saved face avoiding a series whitewash against India in the final T20 last night. Yes, good morning, Tash. They did. It was a packed SCG last night. More than 30,000 fans. They saw an absolute thriller. Australia holding on to win by 12 runs. We were sent into bat. Matthew Wade again top scored with 80 at the top of the order. Uh, we set them 187 to chase down. Glenn Maxwell again outstanding, making another 54. Now, Virat uh, Kohli threatened to win the match match off his own bat. He fell for 85 in the 19th over. Uh, it was our spinners that really did the job. Mitch Swepson and Adam Zampa, two leg spinners. Uh, Swepson claiming man of the match honours with three for 23. And skipper Aaron Finch says that they made the big difference. Yeah, they certainly did. It's, it's the first time we've really had two leg spinners in our team too, Junior. So I think that shows a lot of character from two guys, obviously with a really short boundary here to boulder that short side. It shows, it shows a lot of courage. They backed their skills really well. So yeah, proud of both of them. We had a loss that would have been four losses in a row to India, not what you want going into a test series. So good that we got a win last night in front of a big crowd there at the SCG. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, selectors are running out of options to open the batting in the first test after quite a concerning injury yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, Will Pekofsky. His test debut might be put on hold again. He suffered another concussion, was batting for Australia A in a tour match yesterday. It was late in the day. The final day was floored by a bouncer. That's the ninth concussion of his career. He's only uh, 22, but already nine concussions in his uh, short career. Now, thankfully, he was able to walk off the field unassisted, but did look a little bit wobbly. He's been ruled out of another tour match starting on Friday at the SCG. It's something that they have to take really seriously seriously because some news out of England this morning that seven former players including a World Cup winner in in Steve Thompson are actually suing the governing body for the effects of concussion Um, they say that they've suffered permanent brain damage and all members of the group have actually been diagnosed with the early signs of dementia so that's something that I think world sport will look at um, to see how successful they are with uh, with that that legal fight. That's huge news overnight and also set to have major implications across a number of sporting codes, Brett. Uh, Also making news today, a high-profile player agent failed to overturn a life ban last night. Yeah, that's uh, Isaac Moses. So he was deregistered this year after a former Parramatta player, uh, Tim Manor, accused him of encouraging him to lie to the integrity unit. It was to do with a a third-party deal that Tim Manor had signed, the former Eels player. Well, last night he failed to overturn that life ban on appeal. Uh, He does have one final chance, another kind of uh, bid that he'll have to go back to the NRL to try and have it reduced, uh, but certainly looking unlikely at this stage. He manages about $15 million worth of NRL talent, the likes of Cam Smith, uh, Matt Lodge, and Mitchell Moses, who is his cousin, the the Eels halfback. So uh, that was a big story last night in the NRL. And uh, in terms of Olympic sports yesterday, Tash, breakdancing has been included in the Olympic roster for the 2024 games in Paris. What do you think of that, Brett? As a former champion uh, netballer, might have been for the under-12s in the 1800s. I'm outraged about this. 
Well, I thought you were going to say a former champion uh, breakdancer, but yeah, that that is the uh, the controversy <laughs> with that because it's sort of beaten some other sports that like netball, uh, surfing, I believe, cross country running, um, some billiard sports, and squash, which I thought was already an Olympic sport. But and I always find it tough those sports where it's it's the judges. Like, how do they they judge who wins a breakdancing competition? I'm not sure. But uh, good for the breakdancers, the b boys and the b girls out there. The, the what? The B-Boys and the B-Girls. That's what they're officially called. The, the competitors are called B-Boys and B-Girls. You sound like fly a girls. champion breakdancer. I've done a bit of reading up. Have you? Or on the dance floor at weddings? <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. <laughs> Brett, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Wednesday morning. Firstly to Brisbane, partly cloudy conditions expected today with a top of 28. Sunny and 25 for Sydney. 25 degrees also on the way today for Melbourne, mostly sunny. Sunny and 25 for Canberra. A shower or two expected today for Hobart with a top of 22. Sunny and 27 for Adelaide. Possible showers and storms for Perth with a top of a very warm 36 degrees. And mostly sunny and 35 degrees expected for Darwin. And a primary school student's hilarious response to a mistake on her maths test has gone viral. The question asked, Jane has 12 crayons and Kim has 7 crayons. How many more crayons does Susan have than Kim? Including Susan's name was obviously a mistake in the test and the young girl, known only as Myra, responded by writing on her test, Who is Susan? The sassy response has been shared on Reddit, which has sparked a lot of praise online, with one person saying, this little girl is going to grow up to be one heck of a woman. There's been no official comments from the teacher who allegedly made the mistake, all the crayons. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review, and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.